This is a Freedom Church sermon and we are so glad you're listening or watching. Please do check out our website, myfreedom.church, for more information about us, more media and other resources. Thank you. Hi everyone. Lovely to see you this morning. I love what God's been doing already this morning, what he's been saying, and it's so in tune with what he's been speaking to me this week, so I just love it when that happens. That's God, isn't it? He, he has a thread that he wants to weave through and something that we wanna, uh, he wants us to grasp. So um, this year, we've been looking, out, looking at stepping out and inviting in. That's our thing that God said to us for this year. I don't believe that it's beyond this year, but that is a focus for us this year. It's really helpful for us. And so I want to build on what's um, already been shared over the last few weeks, particularly on what um, Gary shared two, two weeks ago and what Stu shared last week. And if you weren't there... Oh, I've just had a notification. Mum and Dad over for lunch. There you go. <laughs> um, I should really turn notifications off because it'll just distract me. Sorry, hang on. I'm not used to doing this with my iPad. If I can figure it out. Can't figure it out. Okay. Right. What was I saying? Two weeks ago, Gary spoke about what it is that we're stepping out from and into and what we're inviting people into. Yeah? You remember that? Yeah. And then last week, Stu talked about um, being uh, rooted in God, in his word, being in God's presence to hear what heaven has to say to us. So both those things, really helpful, um, both of you. I would really encourage you, if you haven't listened to those, go and listen to them. Listen to them again, even if you were there. Really helpful stuff for us to catch hold of. Okay, so I'm going to build on that. And God's been speaking to me lately about being naturally supernatural. Okay, naturally supernatural. So what do I mean by that? You and I, we're spirit beings. Yeah, amen. We're born of the spirit. When we come to Christ, we are born of the spirit. And if we've asked him, we're also filled with his spirit. We have heaven on the inside of us. That's exciting, isn't it? You can get excited this morning, guys, okay? Give me feedback. Yeah, feel free. There's freedom, okay, to express. So the things of the spirit are supernatural. They're outside of our natural realm. But God wants there to be natural and supernatural coming together. And that's where we come in. So most of us have probably grown up with that kind of Greek thinking of the separation between secular and sacred and natural and supernatural. That's kind of inbuilt into our, um, the way that we think, the way that we do things. But for us as sons and daughters of God, there's no separation for us. It's, we are naturally supernatural, or we are supernaturally natural. I think it goes both ways, doesn't it? Um, there's no separation. It's all spiritual, and it's all supernatural. Our purpose on earth is the same as Jesus's. We sang it this morning, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Yeah. And it, we were singing just in that last song, let heaven come, let heaven come. And that feels like it's up here somewhere. Let heaven come. You know, what, where's that grounded? You know where that's grounded is through you and me. We've heard it this morning. We're his hands. We're his feet. He wants to speak words of heaven through our mouths. He wants our ears to hear from heaven. Yeah? yeah right. We are here to do his will. So living our best life with God means day by day becoming more like Jesus. 
And then what we do, our ministry on earth, flows from who we are as we become more like him. And, you know, that's the most important thing, is being filled with God himself, being filled with his presence. Then what we do just flows naturally. It's just so natural. Last week, Stu gave us a really helpful analogy, do you remember, of a car. And he was talking about, in the natural, we go on a journey. Say we're going from Leeds to London. We know that's about 200 miles. And it's like we fill up the tank a quarter full. Well, that is not in any way going to get us there, <laughs> a quarter of a tank full of petrol. But yet we, we treat our spiritual lives like that. Mm. We, we know that we want to go somewhere and we want to see something happen and we want to be involved, but we don't put the fuel in the tank. And I was really just convicted by that, actually. Um, you know, it's true that God shows his power in our weakness. That is true. But it's our responsibility to come before God, to be filled with his very nature, to be filled with his kingdom and to encounter him. Because you know what? We can only lead people into encounter, to encounter the God that we've encountered. You know, we will, we will reveal the God that we have ourselves encountered. Yeah? So what, what is it that holds us back from living naturally supernatural lives? I believe that there's one main thing, and Stu touched upon it last week, he spoke on it, and that is fear. It's one of those things that Gary talked about stepping out from this year, and it's something that we all face as humans to greater or lesser degrees. There are two roots uh, in life, for everything in life. There's love and there's fear. The Bible says in 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love, that's God's love, drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So that's 1 John 4.18. You know, the things that we fear, we fear what will people think of us if we step out and we start talking about Jesus what if we step out and pray for someone? We fear the mockery or possible persecution. We fear that we might get in too deep with people and their issues. Anyone? Yeah. And we fear that we might mess up and we might say something or do something wrong that will have negative consequences. So firstly, I want to tell you, before you do or say anything, this is what God says over you. He said it to Jesus. This is my son, in whom I am well pleased. You know, Jesus hadn't even started his ministry when God said that to him. But that's what God says to you and I. You are my son, you are my daughter, in whom I am well pleased. God delights in who he's created us to be. So that's our starting point. And then secondly, if our motivation is God's love in wanting to reach out to people, if our motivation is God's love, that's the place we're coming from, and we want to reveal God's love and demonstrate God's love, then you know what? We can't go wrong. We cannot go wrong. Yeah. And even if we, get, we ask God for a word of knowledge and maybe it doesn't resonate with that person, you know what? If they walk away feeling loved by God, we haven't gone wrong. That's a good thing. Yeah. Now, Jesus, of course, is our prime example and model of how to live naturally supernatural lives. And, you know, we can learn so much through the encounters that he had with people in the Bible. And so this morning, we're going to look at John chapter 4, 
verses 1 to 30. And this is actually the longest recorded conversation between Jesus and another person in the Bible. So I'm going to read it out for us so you can follow along. Uh, I think this is from the Passion Translation, so it might be slightly different. So John chapter 4, verses 1 to 30. Soon the news reached the Jewish religious leaders, known as the Pharisees, that Jesus was drawing greater crowds of followers coming to be baptised than John, although Jesus didn't baptise, but had his disciples baptise the people. Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaritan territory. Um, I'm missing a bit of scripture here. Sorry. <laughs> Go to my Bible. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really want that up right now. Okay, sorry, I'll find it here. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so this is the bit I'm missing. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well, and it was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. Surprised, the woman said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me, me for a drink and I would give you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. And but if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it, comes, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said, for you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You have told the truth. The woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me this, why do our fathers worship God on this nearby mountain, but your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship, which is right? Jesus responded, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the father on a mountain or nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, worshipping for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshippers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. The woman said, this is all so confusing, but I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah. And when he comes, he will tell us everything that we need to know. Jesus said to us, you don't, said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking to you. I am the one you're looking for. 
At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman. Yet none of them dared to ask him why or what they were discussing. All at once, the woman dropped her water jar and ran to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the anointing one, anointed one we've been waiting for. Hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go and see Jesus. I love, I love that story. I love that interaction that Jesus has with that woman. And I just want to break it down a bit for us and hopefully draw some things out that might help us in our thinking about stepping out and inviting in. So if I could have the first slide up, Sarah. So verse three to four, Jesus heard what was being said and abruptly left Judea and returned to the province of Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaritan territory. Jesus, so we know he's on his way somewhere and it says he's passing through Samaritan territory. He knew where his destination was. He was just passing through, but there was purpose even in his passing through. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. I think a philosopher said that. Um, Don't know quite who. But every day we go on journeys, don't we? And we pass through places. And along the way, we need eyes that are open to to the purpose that God has for us even in those passing through places you know Jesus hadn't hyped himself up to go and do some street evangelism or door knocking there's nothing wrong with that but he was just going he was on a journey to a destination and you know his mission field was wherever his feet took him that was his mission field so next slide please So Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food for it was already afternoon. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Jesus was a human. He was fully God, but he was fully man, and he had a natural need for a drink. He would have probably been walking for about a day and a half on this journey that he was on, and he was by a well in the heat of the day, and he just needed a drink of water. Some places we find ourselves in will be because we've got a natural need. You know, we might be eating in a restaurant or standing in the line in the fish and chip shop, shopping in the supermarket, doing our weekly shop, getting our car fixed at the garage, buying clothes or shoes, walking the dog, taking the children to school, walking to work, on the bus to work. You know, it's because there's a need in our lives. We need to get somewhere and do something. And that's where we will encounter people, just like Jesus did, because he had a need for some water. Okay, next slide. Verse 9. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus, if you look at him in the Gospels, he treated all people the same. He wasn't fearful of breaking cultural and religious barriers. You know, he was a man, and obviously there was a woman. And he was a rabbi, and he shouldn't have been engaging a woman in conversation out in public. He was a Jew and she was a Samaritan, and historically they did not mix. And also there was another reason that the woman was there at the, the height of uh, the, at noon, in the height of the heat of the day, because she had a past. And the other women would have gone to the well in the morning, in the cool of just before sunrise, or just as the sun was rising, when it was much cooler, to go and get the water, because they were heavy, those water jars. 
she was there in the middle of the day with no other women by herself in the heat of the day. And there was a reason for that. But Jesus knew all of that. He engaged her by asking a question. So are we the same? Do we find ourselves judging certain people, which then becomes a barrier to sharing Jesus to them? Maybe. Okay, next slide. Verse 10, Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give to you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give to you living water. You know, we can easily turn conversations round to spiritual things. It's really quite easy. He turns the conversation around from him asking for a drink, a natural need, to what the woman needs in her life, a spiritual need. I love that. It's so, he makes it so easy, doesn't he? Okay, the next, the next verse. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well is very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank from it himself along with his children and livestock? The Samaritan woman is thinking in natural terms, isn't she? How can Jesus draw this living water out when he's not even got a bucket with him or a water jar? People might not understand what it is that we're saying straight away. Next verse. Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, then they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. When you, for when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit, springing up and flooding you with endless life. Jesus brings the conversation back to spiritual matters and helps the woman to understand what it, what it is that he's actually offering. Okay, yeah, we can say things in in different ways to go more in depth or um, bring a different perspective about what we're saying, what we're trying to communicate to the person to help them to understand. All right, next verse. The woman replied, let me drink that water so I'll never be thirsty again and won't have to come back here to draw water. The woman responds positively to to what Jesus is offering, but she's still viewing it in natural terms, yeah? Yeah. People may respond positively to us when we're talking to them about Jesus, but still not really get it, what we're trying to say, or or to get to the point of receiving what we're offering. Next verse. Jesus said, go get your husband and bring him back here. But I'm not married, the woman answered. That's true, Jesus said. For you've been married five times and now you're living with a man who is not your husband. You've told the truth. Jesus knows her already, doesn't he? He knows her lifestyle, he knows her past, but asks her to go and get her husband, of which she doesn't currently have. Jesus reveals to her what he knows about her. That's the prophetic word of knowledge. And then she recognises him as a prophet. Um, I think it's... Can you go to the next slide? It's not there. Okay. But she says, you must be a prophet. God wants to give us, you and me, words of knowledge and prophetic words. You know, he wants, us, wants to do that for us more than we want them. Yeah? <laughs> do you believe that? Yeah, he wants us to get hold of that stuff so that we have got, we can find the keys to people's hearts. That's, that's all that it is. That's all that word of knowledge is, is to get people's attention and find the keys to their hearts. 
God knows everything about the people that we encounter. And by letting us into some of what he knows, we're able to reveal to them a God, God that knows them and loves them and cares about their life. Okay, we can stay on that one. So tell me this. The woman says, why do our fathers worship God here on this nearby mountain? But your people teach that Jerusalem is the place where we must worship, which is right. The woman turns the conversation to religious matters, focusing on a contentious issue between the Jews and the Samaritans. And you know, sometimes in our conversations with people, we may come across theological or religious issues that they have, yeah? And it's not wrong to go there with people if we feel able to, but I love the next verses. Jesus responded, believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you won't worship the Father on a mountain, nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. Your people don't really know the one they worship. We Jews worship out of our experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is made available. From here on, worshipping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with the right heart. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshippers who worship and adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth. Jesus responds to that religious issue that the woman has with a kingdom mindset. Not a religious one, with a kingdom mindset. You know, and he's given us that same way. We carry the kingdom. We have an understanding of what the kingdom is. And we can actually go beyond what, it, what seems to be the religious issues that people will come to us with. Yeah. Okay, the next slide. The woman said, this is all so confusing, but I do know that the anointed one is coming, the true Messiah, and when he comes, he will tell us everything we need to know. The woman's confused, but knows that there is going to be a Messiah, the Messiah that's coming. You know, people that we encounter might know about Jesus. They might even know that he's the saviour of the world, that he's the Messiah, but they haven't actually encountered him in person. Verse 26. Jesus said to her, you don't have to wait any longer. The anointed one is here speaking with you. I am the one you're looking for. Jesus reveals himself to her as the Messiah. And that's our purpose on this earth. Your purpose, my purpose, to reveal Jesus. The saviour who loves the world, who died to rescue this world. You know, we're to reveal Jesus to those that we encounter. Okay, verse 27. At that moment, the disciples returned and were stunned to see Jesus speaking with the Samaritan woman, yet none of them dared to ask why or what they were discussing. So the disciples are shocked and stunned to see this happening. You know, people around us, strangers, our friends and family, even people in our church might be surprised and shocked by to find out who we're encountering in our lives. But listen, don't let that stop you. Okay, Jesus wants to be revealed through you. Okay, next verse is, all at once the woman dropped her water jar and ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the anointed one we've been waiting for. The woman gets who Jesus is, gets that Jesus is the Messiah, the penny drops with her and she drops her water jar filled with natural water but she's found the living water that flows from Jesus and her first thought is I'm going to go, I'm going to tell other people, I'm going to go and tell my village and get them to come so that they can encounter Jesus too, so that they can find this living water. 
she runs with an urgency to tell them. And notice it's the prophetic that she uses to appeal to her village. Come and meet a man at the well who told me everything about what I've done. The prophetic is so important in our encountering people. Yeah. It really is. God wants to use that gift in us to reach people. So finally, something clicks for this woman. And I believe that this whole encounter leads up to the realisation that Jesus is the Messiah. He doesn't straight away say, oh, by the way, can I have a drink? And by the way, I'm the Messiah. <laughs> he leads her. He encounters her. He leads her to reveal himself as a Messiah. You know, from the way that he speaks to her, I would love to be, have been a fly on the well <laughs> um, when Jesus was having this encounter because I believe from the way that he spoke to her, his body language with her, his willingness to engage her in conversation, knowing that she is a woman, a Samaritan, and has a past that she's been carrying around with her, not just a water jar. It's about also how Jesus, he's so secure in his, his identity as the, the son of God. He's secure in his authority that has come from heaven and his purpose, his mission. It all plays into that encounter that he has with her. Verse 30 says, hearing this, the people came streaming out of the village to go see Jesus. You know, other people will be attracted to what God is doing in a person's life. And it might be right then and there that they go and tell other people. It might be when they go home. But they will want to go and tell other people. Now, I haven't got this up here, but a bit later on in John 4, verses 39 to 42, it tells us what happened with the people of the village. It says, oh, it is there. Great. It says that there were many from the Samaritan village who became believers in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Then they begged Jesus to stay with them, so he stayed there for two days, resulting in many more coming to faith in him because of his teachings. Then the Samaritan said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you told us, but now we've heard him for ourselves and are convinced that he really is the true saviour of the world. You know, the encounter that we have with one person will lead to more fruit. You believe that? It may not be immediate like in this testimony, and we might not be the ones to see it, but there will be more. People who have truly encountered Jesus and have been transformed want to go and share that with other people. That is just what happens. They can't hold it in. Now, do you remember um, Patricia did a series a little while ago, before Christmas, after Christmas, before, about... It was based on the Psalms, but it was particularly looking at Jesus and the secret place um, that he um, often took himself off to. And that for us, and Stu talked about it last week, that is so key for us. Jesus took time out to be himself, to it took time out himself, sorry, to be with the Father, to be with the Holy Spirit, to be strengthened and filled with the Holy Spirit. This was an integral part of his lifestyle. He functioned out of his communion with Father and Holy Spirit. And you know, that's how we're to function as well. This stuff is just to be so natural, like breathing for us. You know, we might not feel like we're there yet, but that's where we're headed, that it just becomes so natural. Do it with me now. Just take a breath in. Take a breath out. 
that's so natural to us. You know, we don't even think about breathing, do we, normally? We just go here, go there, go there. We don't think about our breathing, but that's as natural as God wants it to be for us. Living in communion with him, fellowship with him, and living out this naturally supernatural life. And you know, this is what happens when we spend time in God's presence. This is not an exhaustive list. We are changed to become more like Jesus because God speaks to our identity as his sons and daughters in whom he is well pleased. You can say amen to this stuff. God reminds us of the authority that we have in him. We hear things and see things from heaven that God wants us to catch hold of. We are empowered and equipped to go out in his power to reveal Jesus to the people that we encounter in our day-to-day lives. When we're in his presence, we get filled up with him, his love, his goodness, his kindness, his forgiveness, his compassion, his mercy, his grace, all his goodness, all his nature. We get filled up with that. In his presence, we get to keep a short account with him. Because we repent and we receive that forgiveness. We know what we've done and we know we're forgiven and we go out from that place. And our mind is renewed. Our soul is restored. And our bodies are strengthened for what is ahead of us in his presence. It's not just about what he wants to do for us. It is about coming into his presence and giving him the glory and magnifying his name and worshipping him for who he is. But he does want to do this stuff as well because it's when we receive all this stuff, then our encounters with people come from a natural place of fellowship with God, of communion with God. Right, I've talked about a guy before called Todd White. Anybody heard of Todd White? few of you. He is an amazing guy. I don't want to elevate him above Jesus, but you know what? What makes him so attractive as a person? He is full of Jesus. He is absolutely full and overflowing of Jesus. And I just love it. And he inspires me so much. There are other people that inspire me too. But I've just been watching some stuff this week and also I have in the past. And the way, it's the way that it's so natural. And I'm, I just want us to watch a couple of videos. Is that okay? Because I want us to be inspired too. And it's not, it's about the Christ well, in him. The guy that was doing that. <laughs> It's about the Christ in him. But, you know, Jesus uses his personality, the flavour of who he is, his past, what God's done in his life to play into, not play, play is the wrong word, but to come into how he encounters people. So we're going to watch two videos. Okay, enjoy. When we walked by, the guy that was doing the, he was doing the trash here, just down here by the waterfront. Just felt the heart of God, just really for him, just heaviness when I walked by, but he's talking and giving people directions, so I kind of had to wait, just wait. Rarely do people walk up to people like that and say, look, I just want to tell you that you're amazing, you're special. Because there are people that we walk by every day, we don't even see them. But here when we started to open up the conversation, he said, man, I, I need to get right with God. Like the fear of God, the conviction of God came upon him. What I see is that been fighting this thing, man. Yeah, man, I, I, you know, God has been so good to me. He's even better than that, you know, and, man, uh, 
you know, I'm ready. You know, I just want to be I told. just want to tell you something, man. I love you in my heart, man. I'm looking in your eyes, and I see Jesus in you, man. Yeah. I, I just, I keep feeling this, like, is there an addiction there? That, that yeah, you, lust. Yeah, there's lust. an addiction. I want to pray for that thing to be broken off of you so that you don't have to struggle with that anymore. Yeah. I'm throw alcohol in it. I know. I'm not on it. I don't used to be on coke real bad. No, nope, but it's, a, it's an alcohol thing. And I rebuke addiction, and I command it to leave right now. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for amazing grace. Right now, right now, let him go. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. Right now. Father, I thank you that even when he goes home, that every bit of pornography would be rooted out, God, in Jesus' name, that it would be gone, that he wouldn't be able to even have it in the house anymore. The apartment would be clean completely. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that when he turns the TV on, you're going to guide his eyes and what to watch and what not to watch. God, I thank you for an intense level of the fear of the Lord in his life. The fear of the Lord, God, that you would keep him clean. God, I thank you for the massive cleansing of his conscience by the blood of Jesus. I want you to say this. I surrender. I surrender. I give it all. I give it all. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Today is the day. Today is the day. We make a marker in the sand. We make a marker in the sand. And we draw forward. We draw forward. And not back. And not back. God, I'm asking you for the supernatural grace. God, I'm asking for the supernatural grace. To never look back. To never look back. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He's an amazing God with an amazing voice. He's wanting to sing, wanting to get this thing on with God. Holy. Come on, man. That's good. You are so holy. Yeah. So holy are you, Lord. Wow. God bless you. Come on, man. I just want to say this to my ex-wife. I'm asking you to forgive me for everything I've ever done to you and my family, my kids. And I pray that wherever God leads you, that he will give you all that your desire is because I cheated you out of that. That's repentance, man. Now let it go and don't visit that again. That just came right out of your heart, man. Here's the thing, is I don't have to point out the bad things in his life. People know what the bad things are. What I need to do is pull the gold out of what the world says is nothing. Because you could walk right by that guy and say, he's just a trash man. No, he's an important guy. God loves him. He's a son. And he has a story. Everybody has a story. So as we pulled on the gold in him, the goodness of God came upon him. The fear of God came upon him out of the goodness. And the goodness of God brings people to repentance. It's biblical. I don't have to point this stuff out to pull out repentance. I need to point out the goodness and walk out the goodness of God so that people fear God. And that's what happened. And I just love that. It's just... A guy doing the trash. Man, we should all love people like that. When we walked by the guy that was doing the, he was doing the trash. We got off the plane to get here, me and my buddy Keith and our luggage didn't come. And so instead of being upset, we just knew that it would come. But for tomorrow, I'm gonna need supplies, shaving. So we go to Walmart to get our things and we walk in the door and. 
Keith has to go and get a whole bunch of stuff and I gotta get some stuff. And I see this guy that's sitting in this scooter and I looked at him and I said, hey man, I said, what happened to you? He goes, I got a bunch of stuff wrong with me. I got this, I got that, I got this, I got that. Well, can I pray for you? And he goes, no, you ain't gonna pray for me. I don't, I'm okay. Like, I need no prayer. He believes in God, but like he doesn't want anything to do with, with that at all. And I shared my testimony with him and he lightened up and I said, come on man, let me pray for you, man. He goes, all right. So I kneeled down on the ground and I prayed for him and stuff, believing that Jesus is going to heal his body and touch him. And he's like, thank you, thank you very much. And I shared my heart a little bit with the girls. And he's like, all right, well, appreciate it. And he kind of went off on his way. And I immediately in my heart heard, I need to give this guy $100. So I run up to the register and I'm, I withdraw $100. I walk up to him and I go, let me see your hand. Hey, bro. Hey. Here. Mm -hmm. That just did in my life. I do. <laughs> Messed it up. No, it fixed it actually. Yeah. I mean, in a good way. That's well, what I mean. I appreciate that, man. I really do. God spoke to me when we were over there. He said, I want you to give that man $100. Tell him I love him. He loves you. you. Yeah. Can I give you a hug? Yeah, hell yeah. It doesn't matter what they say, but when they do say, this is an amazing thing, it's good because it, I mean, it's an appreciation. And to you, it might not be a big deal to give your waitress $10, but it's a huge deal to them. If, you're, if your food was 10 bucks and you tip them 10 bucks, it's totally crazy and they freak out because why would you do that? But because God loves the world he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. And me as a Christian, I want to be a giver. So tell me this, because I know what I heard in my heart. He told me specifically that amount. Why did he say that? Because I owe the insurance company $97 right now. <laughs> All the bills are paid except the insurance, man. That's it, man. That's good. I just needed to know. So then we walk on and I got to go down and get some other stuff down there in the men's section. And I see this guy say, can you help us? And uh, he's helping us. And I say, hey, man, before you go, man, I said, how's your back? Like, how's your body holding up your knees and stuff? Oh, my foot hurts all the time. But what happened? that surgery on it. When? Long time ago. Yeah. 14, 15. Which, your right foot? Yeah. What, yeah. what kind of surgery? Uh, they put a screw in it. Will you do me a favor? No. Can I pray for your foot? Sure. Don't let me be, don't let me freak you out. Let me pray for your foot. Alright. I know. Where's the pain at? In the top? Uh, yes. Father, I thank you. It should be warm. That's weird. No, no, no. <laughs> It should warm. be actually really warm. It's really warm. Right where the screw is. Yeah. So like, so I asked him, I asked him if he had any pain, because you guys work hard, dude. And a lot of times backs are messed up because you're lifting all the time, right? So I just asked him about his foot, and it should be on fire right now, dude. Yeah, it is. Where the screw was. So we prayed for him, and I watched Jesus do amazing miracles. We watched him take metal out of bodies, man. Let this dude pray for you, man. Let him pray for you. It was just amazing because Jesus had this kid all like heated up with his with his presence. I got planters in my foot. Where is it? That planters fasciitis. Oh, bro. Right foot. Go for it, man. That it works, dude. Here, let me pray for you. What do you got to work? What do you got to worry about? I believe in it, man. Father, it's I crazy. You. Jesus, my whole foot's brand new foot right now. It's weird, man. It's crazy. Right now, that tonight when he takes that brace off, it's all gone. In Jesus' name. 
That's feel a little better. <laughs> See, I told you, it's weird. Yeah, it is warm. It's weird. <laughs> I believe Jesus removed that screw. I believe that pain won't be there, and he'll be freaked out by it. Go to the doctors, and that screw will be gone. Won't that be awesome? Well, what? <laughs> what do you think just happened to your foot? That was weird. That's why it's blowing my mind, dude. It's amazing. I said, that awesome? Where that screw was, it's hot. He goes, yeah. I said, well, you, you're a Christian. He goes, no, I, I, I'm a wicked. I said, hey, man, I said, I need to pray again for you. You mind if I pray for you? I put my hand on his chest. And I'm not threatened by him, man. You don't be threatened by witchcraft. We carry light. You don't be threatened by darkness. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Well, I hit it. It's <laughs> for real, man. Bro, he loves you, I promise, man. Sometimes people say, well, why didn't you get him to pray the prayer? Why didn't you get him saved? Why didn't you do this? First of all, you don't get anybody saved. There's no way for you to get We sow. We water. God brings the increase. God is the one that does the saving. We are his vessels. But I can't be so after their juggler vein that I'm not realizing that God's after their heart. That thing will never trouble right. you again, bro. It is. I hope not. It's still on fire. Oh, yeah, it is. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you, man. So I believe this. I believe that kid's going to go home. Both of them. I believe they're going to go home, and I believe the Holy Spirit's going to be up all night. And what he'll do is say, I love you. I've always loved you. That man was from me. He was a messenger. He loves you. And I don't believe they'll be able to get out of it. And I always pray after I touch somebody, if I don't see them come to Jesus, I always pray, God, send forth laborers into the harvest field, right where they are. God, let them be totally swamped with Christians that love God. Let them be surrounded. Let other people water where I just sowed. God, bring increase, bring increase, bring increase. I have faith in seed. I have faith that God says when the seed is sown, it grows up. I have faith that somebody's will that's dominated by lies and principalities has nothing on someone's will that's possessed by truth and hopes the best. I just believe that his free will that's blinded by lies cannot dominate my will that is possessed by the truth that God wants all people to be saved and that they come to the knowledge of him. Amen. So see how, you know, he just struck up a conversation, didn't he? It was so natural. But it's because he spends time in the secret place. He is assured of his identity. He is assured of his authority. He is assured of his purpose. That he can function out of that place and just strike up conversations with people in the supermarket. I want to be like that. I want to be like that because Jesus wants me to be like that, not because Todd wants me to be like that or anybody else wants me to be like that. But, you know, I just want to encourage you. God wants to use you in a, nat in a naturally supernatural way so that, you know, we are God's interface with this earth. He reveals his kingdom. He reveals his love, his truth through us. So we have a massive part to play. But with God, it's not meant to be a scary, fearful thing. It's meant to be exhilarating and exciting and us feel fulfilled in the purpose that he's given us. So can we stand? I'm just going to pray for us. And by the way, I was thinking about this. I was thinking not that I'm under any condemnation, but I was thinking I would, because I've watched some of them um, Todd actually speaking like in churches before they go out onto the streets and stuff and he's just got story after story after story of people you know that he's encountered and, and led and I was like 
I, I wish that this morning I could have stood up here and, and just given you stories of, you know, how God's broken into people's lives. But that he knows that that's the desire in me and I believe that's the desire in you as well. So there's no condemnation, but we have to start somewhere and we have to be obedient and we have to just take that step. I always remember in the Indiana Jones film, don't know which one it is, but do you remember there's like a big um, kind of drop and then like a cavernous space and he has to get to the other side and the last crusade and it's only when he takes that first step out that that those stepping stones or that bridge or whatever it is appear and it's like that isn't it with faith with us stepping out he's only going to come up underneath when we are in the action of stepping out so I want us to keep that in mind and and be bold and be brave you know it's it's God in you you're not doing this in your own strength it's God in you so if you want to receive from God I just encourage you to hold out your hands and Lord Holy Spirit God I thank you for what you've spoken to us this morning for that thread that has been running through this morning Lord, our desire is that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, thank you that we have a part to play in that because we are your sons and we are your daughters and you want to use our ears to hear from heaven. You want to use our mouths to pull out the golden people, to speak truth into people's lives, to speak your love. You want to use our hands and our feet to demonstrate your kindness, your goodness, your generosity, God. So Lord, this morning we surrender to you. We surrender to you. We acknowledge our purpose in you. The purpose that you have for us on this earth. Thank you that you will use our everyday natural lives, our day-to-day lives. But Lord, you will bring people across our paths that need to encounter you. Like the woman at the well. People who have been carrying around a past that they long to just drop They long to be free. Lord, and we want to be you. We want to reveal you to these amazing people that you died for. Help us to see our neighbours and our colleagues, our school friends, people in the supermarket, people emptying the bins. Lord, help us to see through the eyes of love, your love, God, for them, that they are worth dying for. Lord, so we receive this morning your spirit afresh lord thank you that you empower us and you equip us to go out to step out in faith and boldness lord thank you that you make us brave lord we receive it this morning and lord i'm expecting over this next week for you to move through each and every one of us as we step out that we will be able to give testimony of conversations that we've had we've had with people of prayers that we've prayed of people coming to know you god it's all for you we're here to make you known in this earth in jesus name amen Amen. thanks for listening to this sermon from freedom church we'd love to get to know you better if you're not already connected with us find out more about us on social media just search freedom church leads or email us at hello at myfreedom.church.